Yes, everybody, it is me, Matt Wright, here with you on this fabulous Thursday evening on the Writer's Block, a Muddy Waters Media production. Uh, thank you all so much for uh, taking the time to spend a couple hours with me here on Muddy Waters Media uh, on a Thursday evening, because I know there's a lot of things you could be doing tonight, and I appreciate that you forewent all of them to be here with me. Um, got a great show tonight. I'm very excited about today's show. Uh, we've got some other stuff that I'm going to, uh, talk about a little bit closer to the end. Uh, so you're going to want to stick around for that. But first and foremost, allow me to thank the wonderful and fine people at Nakamal at home, Nakamal at home.com for the kava that I am drinking on today's episode. Uh, fantastic kava if you guys like the taste of kava uh, to all of you and to them I say Bula Vinaka uh, yeah it's going to be a great show very excited to be here lots of big stuff happening uh, in the next in the in the following weeks I'm going to South Carolina next weekend for their convention going to be uh, doing a show I believe from their convention it's going to be a great time going to be there with Jason going to be there with Spike going to be fun um, but, uh, until then we have to pay some bills so we can afford to go on these trips. So let us start out with the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the fastest growing and second largest caucus in the Libertarian Party and the largest waffle based caucus in the universe. 
If you want to become a member of the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, go find the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus on Facebook. If you want to become a voting member, uh, go by and visit the uh, Muddied Waters Media store, muddiedwatersmedia.com slash store, where you can pick up fantastic merch. Most of it designed by yours truly. Um, and while you're there, you can pick up a Waffle House Caucus shirt or button, and then you will become a voting member of the Waffle House Caucus. The Gravy King. Thomas Queter is rolling for state Senate in New York, and uh, you already know he's going to be more fiscally intelligent than most of the people because you won't even have to buy him a new chair. He comes with his own. And as Tom says, I run better than Albany. And that's funny because he can't. Tom pays us to say things. Um, if you are in the New York region of these United States and you are looking for a state senator who can throw out these kind of quips in mass, go to tomfor52.com to support Tom Quitter, Quitter, Tom Quitter today. Um, and if you go to tomfor52.com slash FTG, there is a lot of special stuff there for anybody out there looking to support Tom. Mudwater. Mudwater is for all of those people who wake up every morning and say, you know what? A cup of nice, hot, delicious Arabica beans or Sumatra sounds absolutely terrible. Instead, what I want is one-seventh of the caffeine and a drink made out of masala chai, cacao, mushrooms, turmeric, sea salt, cinnamon, and that is it. Then we have the drink for you. Go to muddywatersmedia.com slash mud and you can get this stuff delivered directly to your doorstep and you can find out what it's like to go a day with one-seventh of the caffeine as coffee. It's actually not that bad if you add honey. And it does do pretty, it does wonders if you, uh, are it does wonders if you are uh doing uh it, if you're trying to kick caffeine it's actually a really good thing joe Solosky. joe Solosky is running for pennsylvania governor uh so if you live in the pennsylvania region of these united states you should vote for joe Solosky. not only is he the voice of muddied waters media or muddied waters of freedom excuse me voice of muddied waters of freedom he is also potentially the first libertarian governor in history. And you have the power to make that happen. You have the power to elect the first libertarian governor in, in human history. And he is the key to Pennsylvania's success. He is what will make Pennsylvania mightier than the authoritarian sword of the federal government. Jack Casey. Jack Casey... I think he wanted me to use a different graphic and I didn't because I forgot. Uh, but Jack Casey wrote these books, the Royal green and silver throned and crowned by gold. And ladies and gentlemen, I know that we're all getting ready for the holiday season. And have I got good news for you? If you go to the Royal and purchase uh, Jack Casey's books for all of your friends and family, there won't be any discount, but most of your friends and family won't talk to you again after that. So you'll have less events to go to. So you're going to save so much money in the long run. Like this is, this is 
macro thinking here. Uh, so go to theroyalgreen.com in order to save money in the future. Um, I uh, I haven't read Jack's books. I won't read Jack's books because I talk too much crap about them. Uh, but I love Jack. Jack is a fantastic human being, and I'm very proud of him for all that he has accomplished uh, as a human being and author. Uh, so go buy Jack's books. Tell me if they're good. People tell me they're good, but I refuse to listen to them. Um, anyway, my guest, my guest, Jack Casey says, pitch perfect, beautiful. It's a 4D chess game. It is. If you buy all of those books for your friends and family, none of them will speak to you. You won't get invited out anywhere. You save money. That's how it works. Um, my next guest, I am literally thinking of how to say the last name because I don't want to mess it up so badly. Um, my next guest, Ginny Cadle, is a parent to four, to four children, married for nearly 15 years, and a trans woman. Uh, she attended Iowa State University, where she got a degree in hotel and restaurant management. And now she is not only running their business, uh, Cadle Medical Services, uh, she is also running for state house in Iowa. Everybody, please, I would say put your hands together, but I can't hear that. So give me the clapping emoji in the chat for my next guest, Ginny Cadle. Twice. You got it right. Twice. Twice? Did did I mess it up on the third when I said Cadle Medical Service? I did I say it, right? say it twice, but you got it right okay. both times. Cool. All right. That's all, that's all that matters. That is all that matters. Well, thank you for, uh, thank you for being here. Um, I appreciate you, uh, taking time out of your Thursday to, uh, come and talk with me. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I'm looking forward to this. This is the, the, the best podcast I've ever been on for sure. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that. Um, I definitely appreciate, I, I appreciate it when, uh, people recognize greatness. Um, so I like to ask, uh, especially when it's somebody that's, you know, running for public office, uh, for the libertarian party, um, how is it that you found yourself on the Island of misfit toys that is known as the libertarian party? Well, uh, I grew up, um, as uh, pretty much a staunch Republican. Um, if, uh, where I was in, in college uh, was happening right now. I'd be on this podcast right now with a red MAGA hat. And I was hardcore Republican through college. And um, then I, about, about 2016, when Trump came in, is when I started to kind of see that the party had shifted and no longer really represented me or who I was or my values of you know small government and things like that. Um, the things that they preach but don't actually uh, do, and so I started looking for 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 something new, and uh, learned of a guy named Gary Johnson. Yep, and um, that kind of brought me here. And then um, last year in Iowa, uh, I was recruited to help uh, help get uh, signatures for Joe for Joe Jorgensen, and I met I got to meet uh, Spike a couple times here. And so, what's he like? Um, He's all right. Yeah, he's okay. His he's wife right. now, amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. Ta Tasha, fantastic. Spike, he's you know he's he's yeah. 
you know, he credit he, he credited me with 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 starting that trend after I uh, oh really <laughs> after after the first time that I met him both he uh, he came here and did a podcast um, live with the audience background during the um, one of the debates um, and I sat and had dinner with uh, Tasha and I didn't listen to anything he said I just sat there the whole time with her right yeah um, like. I- I've met both of them um, multiple times. Um, I've stayed at their house. Uh, but yeah, T- Tash is a wonderful, wonderful person. And uh, well, yeah, he's like, he's like my brother, uh, you know, so um, he's, he, he is a fantastic human. And I am, I, I'm glad that we are friends. Um, I'm glad that we are friends and working on this project together. Um, and it, it's funny because you say that you, through college, if you were doing this podcast when you were in college, you'd be wearing a MAGA hat. If I was, oh God, man, that would age me if I said that. <laughs> it wouldn't. It it wouldn't have been a MAGA hat. But if I was doing this podcast in college, it would have been more on the uh, right wing GOP. Yeah. You wouldn't have anything to fear if uh, you weren't doing anything wrong. Kind of idiocy yep. that I used to say back when I did a lot of drugs. Um, I was right there with all of it. Right. Um, and, you know, watching as, like, John McCain was nominated and me thinking, I've been told my entire life this guy is basically a Democrat. And he, he was like the Joe Manchin of Republicans. And every and everybody was like, oh, he's terrible. He's basically a Democrat. He's a Democrat. And then he gets nominated president. And then he was like this savior he was going to save the gop from the horrible job that george bush did and i was like we've been talking about how terrible this guy is my entire life uh and now he's going to be the person that we all put everything behind like this makes no sense to me and that was when i first started looking at other parties and found the libertarian yeah i mean that's it's the same thing that's i started to notice the game that they were playing that like Mm -hmm. if when when the Democrats are in power, we got to be fiscally responsible. We got to be small government, and everything. And then all of a sudden, the Republicans are in power. Oh no, no, no! We can do whatever we want. It just right. didn't. I'm finally like, it, that doesn't make sense. Like, you, you can't be yeah, for it, something just because your party's in control and then against it because your party's not. Like, we're we're gonna run as the party of uh, f- fiscal responsibility, you know, up until we're in office, and then we're gonna go. This we're, we're only gonna do this now. We're only going to do, we, this is extenuating circumstance. We wouldn't do this normally. You mean you wouldn't do this if the Democrat was in control? Right. Uh, you wouldn't vote for it if, uh, if uh, Clinton or if uh, Obama or if Biden was in office. But if Trump or Bush was in office, you would bend the knee and say, well, we got to do it this time. You know, got to support our president. Um, so uh, you are managing Cato Medical Services. You're at three. Good job. Nice. All right. I'm I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm, I know I'm going to say it wrong once tonight, though. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about what Cato uh, Medical Services is and what it is that you do? Sure. So what we do is it's something called non-emergency medical transportation. It's basically just a fancy term for a taxi company. Okay. Um, we help uh, people on Medicaid and the disabled uh, get to doctor's appointments 
And um, in the state of Iowa, they have a waiver system that uh, certain people with certain disabilities uh, through Medicaid can get rides to work or to the grocery store or church so they can still kind of live a normal life. And so that's what we do. Uh, we're open 24 seven. We're pretty much one of the only ones in Iowa that is open 24 um, seven. My background is I'm a, I'm, I'm a paramedic. Okay. And one of my former bosses uh, kind of talked me into buying this wheelchair van. And uh, so uh, my goal is eventually to get an ambulance company up and running and run my own private ambulance service. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's the, co- the common phrase at the office is uh, it's in the works. So, right. It's um, something that's in the works. It's a, it's a growth industry. It's a growth industry right now. Um, if you reach out to Thomas Quito, he might need that man. Um, <laughs> there you go. See? Making, making connections. Um, so, <laughs> I love Tom. Tom is great because he can take a joke. Um, he would He would make the joke. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I've met him. He's, he he was Tom was on um, the absolute worst episode of this program ever. Well, not now this. Uh, Googling, right? Uh, it was of the muddied waters of freedom with me and Spike um, back in January, I think, of this year. We had so many technical issues. There would be times that you wouldn't hear Tom speaking, or if he was speaking. He he wasn't like you couldn't see him moving at all. Or if I was talking, like we were blacking in and out. Like there were times that people in the comments were going, "We can't hear anybody but Spike," and we were having a three-way conversation. And I swore that I was going to delete that from everywhere on the internet, and I didn't. So you can easily you can easily good. I'm I'm YouTubing it right as soon as this is done. That's the one I'm watching. Right. I've I've always felt bad about. That being the episode Tom was on, um, but <laughs> like his legs, nothing worked that night. Um, <laughs> uh, so you said that you have a, you have a background in. Uh, you know, real quick, a, he does have the best slogan for a campaign best. I've ever seen. I've ever. never seen one that good. No, that is. That is one that is going to be remembered by anybody who sees it because they're going to go, yep. is that okay for us to say? Can we say no, that? I'm not sure if I'm allowed to laugh at that. I don't know if I'm a, if that's okay, but he he wrote it. It's fine. Right. Um, so you said that uh, your background is a paramedic and business owner. Uh, as a business owner, you've, you've experienced like the nuances of the healthcare system. Um, What are some of the examples that you've got from these experiences? Like, how do you see the healthcare system? Well, I mean, everybody in the, I mean, everybody in the U S knows that our healthcare system is just completely broken and shattered and everything we do keeps trying to add to try to fix it only makes things worse. Um, But so you know, just uh, like one of the big things that I've ran into with the business is um, in the state of Iowa, they tried to um, privatize Medicaid. Okay. And they had this magic number of having three companies run the privatized Medicaid. And uh, it, it's just been this weird arbitrary number that they wanted. 
And ever since about the first year, they have only had two because the third one dropped out and they've never been able to replace it. But like, they're desperately trying to find somebody to replace it. And then as soon as they get somebody to replace it, a different one drops out. And it's just a whole big old mess. And it's like, I just think that if, uh, if, if here in Iowa, if we would just kind of get rid of this and just allow anybody to start uh, coming in and, and pitching out some of these Medicaid dollars or, or doing yes. the, the healthcare uh, more choices um, as you know, as we know with, the rest of the world, any, you know, TVs or cars can prove that the more choices you have, the more price goes down and the better quality you get. Um, so that's one of the things that um, I really want to bring here to Iowa. One of, one of the examples that I like to throw out to people um, is uh, LASIK. Because LASIK isn't something that's genuinely covered by insurances. Like you might get a discount, I think. Like with the insurance I have now, I get a certain percent off of LASIK, right. but it's not, it's not anything that's covered. I still have to pay for the bulk of it. And you see more and more companies uh, that are specializing specifically in LASIK. Uh, but with that, you're seeing that the price is going down and you're seeing uh, that the quality of the procedure is going up because yeah, I mean, you, you can go find a strip club or a strip club, a strip mall. <laughs> That has one in there. You know, that'd, be, that'd be a good idea. There you go. There's a new business idea. <laughs> Having yeah. trouble seeing the uh, the dancers? Let's let's just add this on. Lace la- la- the old LASIK strip club. The old- <laughs> Get a lap dance while being getting your vision back. <laughs> Get to see them better. You know, makes right. it easier. <laughs> you get four lap dances. The LASIK is free. Um, <laughs> Give a little punch card. Right. If you booked so many hours in the champagne room, don't worry. You're going to have 20-20 vision. Um, but, Hold on. Let me write this all down. I'm, you know, I'm right, not yeah, entrepreneur here. I got to always yeah, come up gotta, with new ideas. Yeah, got to pitch it. Got to pitch it. <laughs> um, so since you work in the medical field, um, when we when we were working on the notes for this show, we looked up Iowa and COVID. And there are multiple news stories coming out of Iowa saying that the deer in Iowa are now contracting COVID. Have you heard of this? This is not something that I'm aware of. Okay. <laughs> but I'm interested now. This is going to be awesome. Right. That is literally all I know about this situation. <laughs> I was um, really no, I hoping you had that. some. Okay. <laughs> I, I do know that, um, you know, one of the embarrassing things is, is Iowa was one of the, uh, the major hotspots in the entire world uh, during the peak of COVID. Um, and it, it, I mean, it all, it all came from, you know, Republican governor. I'm not, I'm not going to Monday morning quarterback how she how she handled it. It was kind of, you know, COVID was a unique situation, but right. it is pretty scary to to think that, you know, we put ourselves on the world map here in Iowa to, with with number of uh, COVID cases. Yeah. Um and I get not wanting to Monday morning quarterback it. That I that's why I have been consistent the entire from the beginning on. I've always said we shouldn't be shutting down. People should be able to live their lives. Uh, never choose safety or security over freedom. 
Um, so I can look at basically every governor across the nation and say, you did it wrong. Right. Uh, well, and, the, the irritating thing was, was that not just the shutdowns, but like in Iowa here, um, the thing I was noticing, and I'm, I'm assuming it's, it, it was elsewhere, but was that it, it was arbitrary. H- yes. How come the, the lawn care service company is still out mowing the lawns? You know, how is that an essential business? You know, it, it was it was just, you know, how come the road construction is considered essential, you know, doing projects that weren't even on the books yet. But yet, you know, my friend that owns a bar couldn't open their bar after 10 o'clock. But if they served food, then they could be open till midnight. I mean, it was just arbitrary, was, weird rules. Yes. That... Yeah. And so I'm here in Florida. So we had a statewide lockdown for like two weeks or something. I don't remember. Yeah. Oh, uh, and then DeSantis was like, "No, this is this is dumb. Why are we doing this?" And I don't I don't know how much of DeSantis you watch. I watch a lot because I live here. Um, but he sounds like Eddie Murphy's impersonation of a white guy. <laughs> Dead unlike it. Like Eddie Murphy could do DeSantis better than any DeSantis impersonator possibly could. Uh, nice. But like, but even then, it was like. Your your small time butcher shops were all closed down, but your Publix, your Publix and your Costco's were open. Um, yep. And it's like, why are they essential, but not the place that I like to go get the steaks that I'm going to cook for dinner? Um, why why is it, why are these people essential, but not these people? Why are you picking and choosing whose jobs matter and whose jobs don't? Exactly. I've never met anybody whose job wasn't essential to them. I mean, right. That, and that was the biggest thing. And then, and then people turn around and complain about how much money Amazon made off of this. Well, they were the only ones allowed to work. Like, Right. Yeah. Amazon delivery drivers, uh, they were getting, uh, cause I know I applied for, uh, to work for Amazon as an Amazon delivery driver. Um, uh, but they had so many people trying to apply because they were paying people so much money to do it. Um, and uh, they uh, they were giving people what they were calling uh, pandemic pandemic rates for like the first eight months of the pandemic, and it's because they needed so many drivers. They're like, "We'll pay you more. Just come on. We just need more bodies." And they uh, ended up uh, they ended up canceling it after about eight months. But they had just a ton of people, and these people were in work, and they were continuing to go out and have an income. And when you made everybody stay at home uh, for however long, depending on which state you're in, some of you might not be able to leave your houses yet. I'm not 100% sure anymore. Um, but no matter, you're at home, you are you need something. The best way to get it is through Amazon, which now is going to take about a month to get to you because of supply chain issues and all the ships that are off the port in California. But you have it where... Those people were deemed essential. You had to stay at home. So, of course, Amazon made money. It was the only way for you to get anything you needed at your house, except for toilet paper. Exactly. Okay. I mean, they're, they're, it just it, it, makes, it makes perfect sense. And, and, but now we're going to complain about it. Like, you created the situation, you know? Exactly. Um, so, since you're in the medical, did COVID affect your business at all? Like, were you, did more people have to call? So, um, because, because we take people to work and stuff, uh, most appointments were closed. 
Um, we did have people still going to dialysis and things like that where they go to regular appointments. Um, so, um, so we still did a lot of those ones. Uh, a lot of my competitors went ahead and shut down. So we actually did pretty well um, during it. Uh, business actually kind of grew during it just because it was such a needed needed thing. And then we were still offering the 24 seven. Um, so, you know, hospital discharges, things like that, or people going to work at that high V or the, you know, uh, the grocery store or something like that. Um, we were able to supply those for them. So. Well, that, yeah. I mean, you, you were able to make the best out of a terrible situation, which is good. Um, you know, yeah, and, 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 you know, as a, as the business owner, the one that, you know, not, not necessarily every week do I get paid, but I get, you know, whatever profit we make, you know, or, you know, um, right. So there was weeks that, you know, personally I wasn't getting paid. And then there was weeks where, you know, I just wouldn't work and then I'd still get paid because we were doing okay, but I'd give all my hours to an employee to keep them somebody else where their hours needed to be so that, you know, I, I'd make that sacrifice for them. So. And, and that, that's exceptionally stand up, uh, stand up of you. And I, I definitely respect it as a, as a business owner, trying to make sure that your employees are able to feed their families or themselves or, you know, who, wh whatever else, keep the roof over their head. Um, that, that, was, that, that was one of the big, big things that when we first started hiring people and expanding to that point that I was really nervous about because it was just something that I learned in college that. I want to say it was like Marriott or something like that, that they, you know, your front, your front end people, you know, or, or your, your, your managers or your supervisors, your, their job is only to make sure the front end people can get their job done and are happy with their job and are comfortable and everything. And then the people above them, their job is for the people below them. So all you need to do is really care about making sure that person below you is happy in their, in their right. spot. Um, and then that makes, Hopefully, then that makes them do their job better, and then they they treat the next person better, and then it, it falls down to your cup, you know. Right. Uh, trickle effect, so, you know, that's such a good term. The, the, that trickle down, uh, the trickle down economics. Um, <laughs> so switching gears a little bit, um, I honestly don't know the answer to this question. What is the uh, what's going on with weed? In Iowa, is it legal oh, medical? Freaking joke! Okay. Oh my god, it's such a joke. <laughs> uh, we have um, we're only allowed to have five distributors um, in the state, in the entire state. Um, all five of them happen to be the same company, so I think we're anti-monopoly, you know. But no, only when we don't, only when we want to be anti-monopoly. Um, right. I'm certain your internet yeah, service provider, you had multiple choices. Right. Um, so, yeah, we have five distributors. That's it. Um, only allowed, like, I don't even know the numbers, but it's, like, very minimal amount. Um, we still jump across the border if we ever want anything or need anything. It's just, it's a joke. Right. Um, they did uh, vote two years ago, a year ago, to... Um, to loosen it up a little bit, allow more, more stipulation or more uh, medical diagnoses to get it, um, allow a little bit better and allow more distributors. And um, Pat went all the way through the house, uh, 70 to 80% of citizens agreed with it, loved it, wanted it to move forward. And then um, 
Queen Kim is what I call her. Uh, Kim Reynolds, our governor, went ahead and vetoed that. So, and nobody, nobody stood up against her. Nobody fought. Like, that's kind of really one of the things that really got me, like, riled up and ready to kind of move forward with wanting to run is that, like, nobody stood up against against Queen her Kim. Say, this is wrong. Like, we, we have the support of the people and the legislature. It passed very easily. It wasn't like a tight vote. Yeah, and I mean, that is, it's how the system is set up. The people, you know, they elect the legislature, and I don't know if you guys have a Senate there or not, but the, yeah. the okay, the Senate and the legislature, uh, the people vote those people in, but if the governor was voted in maybe in a year before that or an off year or whatever, um, they can go, no, I was also voted in, and I ran against, the, like, it's how it's set up, and it, yeah, you would think that you would kind of see, okay, this is the way that it's going. But if you haven't seen it by now, nationwide, you're not going to see it. Um, you're just going to continue Christy noming it all over the place. Um, so is I was it- just having this conversation with one of my clients actually the other day. He 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 he'd overheard me <laughs> when he got in the car. I was on a campaign meeting with somebody, and so I was just driving him with my Bluetooth in, and you know, uh, just driving along having this ch- chat. So he knew that I was doing something political so he started talking to me and he's like we got to do something about weed in this state i'm like well let's start talking about this that's <laughs> i mean that's that's exactly what we ran through is that you know uh, it's just it's funny to talk to these to some of these uh you know everyday citizens that you know they're interested in the you know like they they want they want this to pass and yet you know it's one person's decision um and they had the votes that they could have overturned her they could have overruled her veto, and they didn't. They, they just didn't even try. It was ridiculous. Right. Um. So it's me- it's medical only there, because you said about diagnosis. Yes. Okay, so it's medical only. Okay. Um. I, I I I was shocked that it was anything, honestly. And then you said it, we're only allowed five dispensaries. I was like, whoa, what? You, you. It's it's bad. It's it's poor. Very poor. Very very embarrassing. I I think. Right, yeah. When Florida first uh, introduced it here, when when they first introduced it, um, it couldn't be anything smokable. Uh, I think all of the providers, all of the providers had to be, it had to be grown here in the state of Florida. Uh, it had to be grown here in the state of Florida, in a. I'm blanking on the word where they grow plants. Um, but at one of those that had been open for 25 years or more and continuously operating as a place that grows plants. Um, and like when, and it, people read it and they're like, yeah, that makes sense. But then when you look at it, it was only like one company. There was only oh. like they, the way that they worded it, it was like one, maybe two companies in the entire state yeah. that were then legal to grow uh, for medical purposes. uh, No, greenhouse is not the right word, but that's where my head kept going. Thank you, Steve South. I appreciate it. But no, that's not it. Um, My wife and I are trying to um, do it. We want to do a business expense and go around and um, go to Colorado, California, um, hit up some of these places with the dispensaries and uh, do some research so that the day it becomes legal here, we're ready to go. We can start our own shop. Yeah. And, um, I might wait for summer for this 
me personally. But go check out the uh, dispensaries up in Alaska. Uh, I spent some time up there a couple of years ago. Spent a summer up there, and um, they're doing it right. They, they, they know. I recommend summer. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> you may like frigid, cold, and darkness. Um, <laughs> so, like, what change? Like, how would your business change if if medical uh, if marijuana consumption was legalized across the board? Would, would, would you see any changes or would it not really affect you? I don't know how much it would affect it. Um, truthfully, I don't think much would other than the fact that, you know, we're trying, we would, you know, look into this branching out of a, another type of business. Um, but I've taken people to the dispensary here, um, you know, that have a medical condition so they could go and everything. And so it's a medical ride, like going to the pharmacy. Um, so I've, I've done that a few times, but um no, I don't. I don't think much would change in in the terms of our actual business, um, other than um, issues with since we have state contracts, we have to you know do drug tests and certain things on our employees, um, and so you know, it's beginning of the month. Hey, by the end of the month, you need to pass this test, okay? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe in randoms or any of that stuff. So they get the one once a year just to keep everything happy with the state. And, right. You know. Yeah, just, just kidding. When you, the FBI watching, right? <laughs> we 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 have a uh, FBI or a CIA agent, and who watches all of these programs. We're certain, and initially we named him Stephen, just because we figured we'd give him a name. Uh, and then anytime we had technical issues, we just blamed it on Stephen. And then people started thinking Stephen was like our producer, who was like running all of this. Um, and, and so anytime something would mess up, we'd just be like, oh, Steven. And they're like, you need to find a different producer. And we're like, what? Oh, yeah, we need to fire Steven. So now yeah. whenever we hire somebody to like work on the website or do anything, we're like, are you okay with being called Steven? Because that is all we're going to call you. It's, a, it's, it's an interview question that we have in our, <laughs> in our system. Um, so I'm going to jump out on a limb here. And uh, let me know if I'm crossing a line, but I'm I'm assuming that one of your planks or one of the things that you are trying to uh, promote is educating your community on GSM issues. Yeah, so GSM, gender and sexual minorities, um, just because I'm sure some people don't know what that is. Um, right. Yeah. The fair. Umbrella term for the LGBTQAAIP. So, um, so yeah, it was LGBTQ. You know, a, sorry, I was gonna say it was. L, I was gonna say it was LGBTQAAIP because I memorized it, and then they changed oh, there's a number it. Two they, in there too. You forgot that. Yeah, there's a couple. There's two or three T's. There's an I. They changed everything up on me, and I was like, I can't oh, yeah. keep up anymore. I, I I was doing my best for a while. So when I found out about GSM, gender and sexual minorities, I was. Like, this is all I'm gonna call it from now on. Yeah, the amazing thing is, is that I get more pushback on using that in the LGBT community than I do in the general population, which is kind of ironic because you'd think that they would like having it's, one easy term, but right, it's an all-encompassing umbrella term, right? And it, it, I mean, it makes but, sense to me, but yeah, a lot of what I want to do um, is either come up with uh, low-cost ways to just make things more fair. Uh, one of the ideas that I was thinking of is um, in the state of Iowa, um, 
any single stall bathroom um, it should just be gender neutral. I mean, why do we have two bathrooms that have a locking door? There's nobody that can come in and do it. Who cares who was in there before you? Who cares who's in there after you? Why do we have one for men and one for women? Why can't they both just be gender neutral? And so a very low cost to the business. You just have to swap out a sign. Um, make some people feel more comfortable and nobody else really cares that much. Right. So um, that's, you know, come up with little ideas like that, just to make things a little bit better. Um, and then beyond that, my biggest goal with anything ever since the day I transitioned was to show that we are uh, normal people. Um, you know, I mean, I, I run a business, I care about my employees, I you know, want worry about paying my bills. I let, you know, I feed and water my dogs, same thing as everything else. You know, I have kids that I had to, you know, get to bed before, you know, I could come on here just like you did and everything else. I mean, we're, we, we deal with the exact same thing. We just have this one other issue that, you know, we also deal with that makes us right. unique and each person is unique. So. And yeah. And um, I don't, I don't know if you've watched the Dave, the Dave Chappelle special, The Closer, the one that Netflix. I haven't. He doesn't bother me, but I haven't watched it. So they're in it. He tells, I'm going to spoil the shit out of it for some people. Um, in it, he tells a story about a, uh, a comedian that was, uh, she was a trans woman. And um, he, he met her. They kind of, they hit it off and she was like, I want to be a stand-up comedian just like you. And so the next time he was going out there, he said, Hey, do you want to open for me? And she was like, yes. And she bombed massively, like just terribly bombed. Yeah. Um, and then he does his bit, he does his set and she's in the front row watching and just laughing and having a good time. Like she hadn't just bombed miserably. And she started interacting with Dave while he was while he was up there, and I mean, I'm going to butcher the line, but so he started asking questions about um, her experience as a trans woman, and you know what that was like, and they were going back and forth, and he said, you know, I just, I'm sorry, I just don't get it, and she looked at him, and like all the like all of the laughter kind of left her face, and she said she said. I'm not asking you to get it. I'm asking you to understand that I am a person who is going through things. And I thought that it was a very poignant way to put it. Like, it doesn't matter if you get it. It doesn't. It's, we are talking about individuals. We're talking about people. And no matter what, all people deserve respect and liberty and freedom. And outside of that, like if you give people respect, liberty, and freedom, you don't have to worry about anything else. Like exactly. nobody's nobody's gonna be upset if you are where people get upset is where you're trying to take things from them, where you're saying, you know where you're saying the the uh situation that you brought up. If a place has two single stall bathrooms and one's labeled man, one one's labeled woman, why does it matter which one you go in? Like I have definitely been in places like that and had to go to the bathroom so bad. I went into the one that wasn't labeled man because I had to go. We've all, we've all done it. I mean, right. It, so why have the two different, like you can just keep it, you can just keep it neutral where anybody can go into whichever one they want and it won't matter. And it will make 
and I don't know what the percentage of the community in Iowa is trans, but no matter what, you're keeping those people, you're showing them just that slight bit more of respect where they don't have to worry about it. And they can live slightly freer knowing that they can just go into the bathroom without people, you know, giving them a hard time or looking at them weird or whatever the issue. And it just seems like a very simple solution to something that shouldn't be that big of an issue. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's one one thing when somebody when when it was pitched to me, um, I think I think the first time I ever heard it was from one Iowa, which is the uh, the G, you know the, the LGBT the GSM um, advocacy group here in Iowa. Um, that's that's what they they um, pride themselves on. And I was kind of doing some research of what what policies and procedures and stuff like that are they looking for as I was thinking of running. And that was one of them that they'd said. And I was like, well, that makes perfect sense. Like there's no cost. To, like there's, you just change the sign and you just take, you take it down. You just take down the sign. I mean, you don't even have to buy like a new one. Exactly. Like it's, there, there's nothing, there's, there's almost no cost to that. And then the other big one here in Iowa is um, that I think is important. And I think it's just letting people know. Um, but um, conversion therapy is still legal in the, in the state. Um, and, and that's, that's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it's 2021 and for anybody that doesn't know that's listening, conversion therapy is where you basically try to torture, well, try to torture somebody. Um, it's basically a form of torture, but, um, you try to force them to no longer be gay or trans or, or whatever they, they feel like they are in that, uh, alphabet soup, but you try to force them to be what they aren't, uh, through right. torture methods. Right. Um, yeah, the, anybody who's listening, that's what they said. Mike Pence was all for was conversion, <laughs> was conversion therapy. I, I did. I didn't look that much into it. I just thought the joke was funny because I think he's obviously gay. Um, but yeah, no, like that's shocking that it's still, I mean, it's Iowa. Um, you mentioned, I don't know how prevalent uh, it really is. Right. Like, the fact that it's still legal, like, come on. You know. Right, just get get it off of the books. Don't right. don't let anybody fall on it. Um, so we are well, we got a couple more minutes. Uh, so somebody, I don't know who it is. I got to scroll up here. Uh, we had a comment a little bit ago, and I want to get your opinion on this um, because I have my own opinions on this. Um, we all have our opinions. That's why we're libertarians. Right. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a, somebody named Tony Mackin said. Uh, sorry for the non sequitur. Please pardon my ignorance. Can someone tell me why convention of the states isn't being blasted everywhere? Um, what What is your opinion on having a convention of the states? Uh, what What do you What is what do you mean by Conven- Okay, so the convention of the states is where um, the states, the governors, and state leaders would get together to change the constitution outside oh. of Congress. Yeah, it's been so long since we've done one of those that, you know, it's <laughs> that I had to ask what it was. Right. No, I think that's absolutely necessary. I, I mean, there's I think there's at least three to four um, amendments that I think uh, need, need to go out there. Um, Iowa is working uh, slowly, but we're working in the right direction to become a sanctuary state uh, for two for, for uh, 2A. OK. For gun rights. Um, you know, so we wouldn't have, so 
basically all unconstitutional gun laws would be illegal here, which is pretty much unenforceable because the federal government can come in and still arrest you. But um, it's a good way to make that stand. And I want to say we're number 10, maybe 11 of the states that have already done this. Um, You know, so we're starting to get up there in numbers already. I mean, having a nice convention to, you know, actually discuss why this is important and things I think would be would be fantastic. So I this is going to be the first time in this interview I have disagreed with you. Um, I I am not a fan of an idea of the convention of the states. Um, it's been a long time since we've had one. Uh, the most famous convention of the states we've ever had was the convention of the states where we got rid of the Articles of Confederation and changed it to the Constitution. And the Articles of Confederation were a it was a much stronger document that gave state rights stronger state rights to the states. It wasn't just the 10th Amendment. Anything not covered here is covered by the states um, and the federal government, uh, unless necessary, whatever it says. Before, it was much stronger. The states had a lot more uh, sovereignty. Um, And when you call a convention of the states, you aren't looking at one issue. You're looking at the entire thing. So you're going to have states arguing to change the first, the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, all of them. Um, and because of history and how government is now looking at history, just from the Articles of Confederation to the Constitution, the watering down of the message between those two documents, <clears throat> the watering down of the message between those two documents, I would be terrified to see what the leaders today would think would equate to liberty and justice for all. So that's, yeah. I am against, I'm against the idea. Um, I always like to hear other people's opinions on it. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it, I mean, it comes, it comes almost from the same idea of what I was saying where, you know, um, there's several states that are, you know, go, already going, you know, to a sanctuary or whatnot. Well, there's also several states out there that are, um, you know, are shutting down any gun laws and shutting or shutting down all, all guns and shutting down free speech and shutting down this and that. Right. And so that just, I mean, and if we, if we have a good point, it's not something that I thought about. Right. And it like, if we have the constitution that guarantees free speech and, you know, the second, uh, the, the right to bear arms shall not be infringed. And, you know, so many others have got a cup that has them all right there and they all fade away (laughs) when it gets hot because you don't have them anymore. If the government can sit there and say, "Well, we're just going to pass this law. It doesn't. It doesn't violate the. It doesn't violate the amendment uh, because you're still allowed to own weapons. You just can't have these weapons." Or if they can, right. if if they can do that now, whatever loopholes would be thrown in today would make it where we would just. I I believe we'd just quickly erode on freedoms across the board, and so I am not a fan of the idea, but. Um, it's just somebody asked it, and I was like, "That's a really good question that I love answering." Yeah. Um, so we are just about out of time, but um, how is it that folks can find out more about your campaign, about your platforms, give you give you monies? Um, yeah. So, uh, website. Um, it's uh, Jenny for Iowa with the number four. So J E N I for Iowa dot com. Um, you can go on there. Um, we're also on uh, all forms of social media, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, 
think we have a TikTok. I'm kind of scared to get on that, but I, I like to watch it, but I'm, I, I feel like I'm too old to actually participate. I, I understand the feeling. I understand the feeling there. Uh, and is that Jenny for Iowa on those as well? Yes. Okay. So on Facebook, on, uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, on, on TikTok, Instagram. on Instagram, yep. Jenny, Jenny, the number four, Iowa. Um, yep. do you, do you have any events coming up? Uh, any, anywhere people can come meet you in Iowa right now? Right now we're kind of in a little bit of a holding pattern. Um, we made our announcement, uh, before we had districts, uh, we were in a redistricting. So, uh, we thought they were going to go with the first map. So we, we planned the event, uh, that we were going to, um, going to do the announcement and then, uh, they voted against it. And so it was too late to change the plans. So. Um, we just found out about a week ago, um, uh, which, uh, which district we're actually in. And so now we're, now that we actually know the exact lines and everything, um, we're just now starting to remove with everything with, uh, getting us, um, uh, moving forward. So. Well, good, good. Well, I'm glad they got redistricting finished. I'm certain there was nothing Apparently, wrong with how they did Iowa, that. The, quick plug for Iowa. Apparently Iowa is one of the, um, most neutral states when it comes to redistricting out of all of them that they wow. pitch it to um, a, a board of people that's made of three republicans three democrats and three independents they come back with a map and that gets voted yes or no there's no changes it's just yes or no if it's voted no they do it again and then if they vote no on the second one whatever the third map is that's voted on by these nine people is just the map so it kind of gives them a little bit of pressure to like take that second map if anything else, you know. Right. They know what they're getting. So. Right, because they know they 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 at least know what it's going to look like. Right. As opposed to like a skateboarding rabbit is one of the districts. <laughs> it was, uh, but it was pretty interesting to watch it happen and watch it kind of unfold. I I really have never paid attention to it um, before, so it was kind of neat to to watch it. And they they carved out a brand new district just for me. So. Um, you know, I've already met with my potential Republican and my pen, potential Democrat uh, opponents, uh, trying to convince them not to run. So, is it, so is this going to be November next year? I can't believe I didn't yeah. ask that question earlier. Uh, yep. All right. So November, so November first Tuesday in November next year, if you are in yep. the Iowa region of these United States, in what district? It'll be District Forty. District 40. Okay. If you are in the District 40 of the Iowa region of these United States, you should vote for Jenny Cadell. Cadell. All the way to the end. All the way. Yeah. As soon as it started. That baton. Yeah. As soon as it started leaving my mouth, I was like, nope, that's not right. Cadell. Jenny Cadell. Yep. Well, Jenny, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, If you need anything from us here at Muddied Waters, please don't uh, hesitate to reach out. Uh, You know, you have our support. We uh, are rooting for you in District 40 in Iowa um, next year. And we look forward to watching your campaign as it unfolds over the next literally year. Right. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, I know uh, Spike's going to be here at our convention in January. If uh, 
if you tag along, that'd be pretty awesome to kind of meet you in person. But um, I'll, I'll see it. That really uh, is a hundred percent dependent on the uh, LP state share on whether or not I come. <laughs> um, so if they, if your state chair is like, yeah, we want him here and um, we'll pay for me to fly there. Cause I don't make a lot right. of money. Not a lot of money in podcasting. Don't know if you know that. Um, really? No, it's weird. <laughs> not, a lot of, not a lot of money in taxi either. <laughs> um, but I'd, I'd be more than happy to uh, come out. Um, but yeah, thank, thank you so much for your time. Um, I'm going to close out the show. If you want to hang out for a couple minutes afterwards, uh, be my guest. But if you have to go, also understand. All right. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this wonderful episode where uh, 80% of the time I said Jenny's last name correctly. Um, tried, tried to get it all, all of the times, but I did not. Um, now, before we go, I said that we were going to go into something uh, at the beginning. I just want to say, anybody out there that feels as though this new OSHA regulation that has come out is... Um, one of the greatest affronts to liberty in our lifetime, uh, second to maybe only the Patriot Act, um, what you can do is call your senators. Call your senators and say that they need to vote on a congressional review of this act. Um, if 51 of them say that it is not constitutional or that they shouldn't do it, um, it will go away. Uh, I think that there's probably 50 Republicans that will vote against it just because uh, they're Republicans and that's the team that's not winning right now. Uh, so if you can get one Democrat, this is this is the easiest, quickest way to get it overturned instead of waiting for the Supreme Court who may or may not overturn it. Um, easiest thing you can do, call your senators and uh, ask them for a congressional review of this act. Uh Easiest thing you can do, people. Um, and we don't have a, sh uh, we're, there's not going to be a Muddy Waters of Freedom next week. So we are not going to be uh, going into this next week. So you're going to have to wait until after South Carolina to learn more about it. But um, just food for thought for anybody out there who is uh, thinking about hating this thing as much as i do um because man all, like I, when i found out and i started reading it earlier today and i'm gonna have to read all of it uh this week uh i was livid so congressional review call your senators congressional review and uh uh best thing that we can do right now so thank you all so much for tuning in on the wonderful Thursday night. Uh, tomorrow, you can tune in for Cajun and Eskimo, who, let's give it up for Eskimo with how she did on uh, My Fellow Americans last night. She was fantastic as a guest host on My Fellow Americans. Uh, big shout out to Eskimo Libertarian. Uh, she is one of the linchpins of this organization, and I am eternally grateful that she is part of Muddied Waters Media. Uh, so Cajun and Eskimo tomorrow night, 930 Eastern, uh, right here. Then Spike is 
in New York doing things this weekend. So I'm certain you'll be able to catch tons of content from him. And then on Monday, there will be no Mr. America, the Bearded Truth, but instead there will be an episode of Liberty Roundtable starting at 7 o'clock Eastern. 7 o'clock Eastern, Liberty Roundtable. Uh, and then on Tuesday, there may not be a muddied waters of freedom, but I believe that everybody's favorite co-hosting duo will be putting something on um, for the second time. So uh, tune in next Tuesday at 8 o'clock in order to find out what I mean by that. Uh, and then next Wednesday, Spike is still in New York. So I don't believe he is going to be having a My Fellow Americans. Uh, but next Thursday, you can join me right back here, right before I leave for South Carolina, um, for another episode of The Writer's Block, where Paul Robbins is going to be my guest. Very excited to get Paul on. Um, it's going to be a fantastic episode. And then next weekend, weekend, well, yeah, yeah next weekend, um, Spike, Jason, me, maybe some other people all together in South Carolina for a fantabulous, grandiose episode. Um, and possibly, if you are one of those people who have subscribed on Anchor, turn that down before I blast everybody's ears out. If you are one of the people who have subscribed on Anchor, anchor.fm slash muddiedwater slash subscribe, you will get some exclusive content out of this deal. Some exclusive content. All you have to do is go to anchor.fm slash muddied waters slash subscribe and you could find exclusive content from next weekend's event in South Carolina uh, that is what's being planned is man I don't want to give anything away but what's being planned is going to be high quality entertainment with very little knowledge um, so Muddy, uh, anchor.fm slash muddywaters slash subscribe. Visit muddywatersmedia.com slash store uh, to pick up all of your favorite Muddy Waters Media merch, including the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus shirt or button. And um, everybody out there, have a fantabulous day. I totally forgot to do a fact of the week. So, nope, I did the Ritz Cracker one last week. Mm, Triscuits. Uh, Triscuits. The name Triscuit comes from being the first bakery to make crackers that used electricity, and uh, they were known as the Electric Biscuit, which turned into Triscuit. Look it up. It's true. Have a great weekend. Uh, I will see you all next Thursday on the Writer's Block. Uh, but until then, I am Matt Wright, and you are perfect just the way you are.